this month on a special edition of the Global Credit Union Podcast. Uh, there is a pain because of the debt, a despair over destruction, care for the loved ones, uh, worrying about our future. This is uh, all the new reality that we want to change. That's the voice of Ivan Vizhnevsky, Deputy Chief of Party for World Council of Credit Unions and the USAID Credit for Agriculture Producers, or CAP, project in Ukraine. With February 2023 marking the somber one-year anniversary of Russia's full-scale invasion of Ukraine, we speak with Ivan about how our project and the credit unions it partners with to deliver agricultural loans to farmers have responded with resiliency and resolve. Plus, Worldwide Foundation for Credit Unions Executive Director Mike Ryder comments on how his organization has spent more than $600,000 to date to assist in those efforts. And we knew from day one, actually even before day one, we knew that something was going to happen. And we had prepared ourselves because we heard it directly from our colleagues who have families in Ukraine, have family members in Ukraine. And, you know, after February 24th, we, we knew we had to act. Anatoly Murha, a member of the Ukrainian American National Credit Union Association and senior vice president of Ukrainian Self-Reliance Federal Credit Union, talks about how Ukrainian American credit unions and their members have raised money to further support credit union resiliency in Ukraine. I'm Greg Newman, director of communications for World Council of Credit Unions, a look back at the first year of the war in Ukraine and the resilience of credit unions there is up next on the Global Credit Union Podcast. Welcome back. I am now joined by Ivan Vishnevsky, Deputy Chief of Party for the World Council of Credit Unions, USAID Credit for Agriculture Producers Project in Ukraine. Ivan is a Ukrainian citizen who we actually interviewed on the podcast in March of 2022, just a few weeks after Russia launched its full-scale invasion of Ukraine, but we referred to him as Alexander at that time to protect his identity due to the uncertain situation in the country. He now joins us to reflect on the first year of the war and how Ukraine and its credit unions are responding to the challenges there. Ivan, welcome back to the Global Credit Union Podcast. Hi, happy to be here. Ivan, when we spoke last year, you had left Kyiv with your family. You were living in Lviv. Uh, how is the situation in Kyiv now and in general in Ukraine in those cities where you have been during this time, during this last year? Uh, Ukraine and its people have changed irrevocably. Uh, be honest, there is no 100% safe place in Ukraine and uh, everyone understands this life can be changed in a minute. Uh, but we have been adjusting. We have been adjusting to the schedule of uh, power outages, as uh, well as we know where to go in case of air alerts. If you talk about Kiev, uh, there is exactly how Kiev city lives and works. Now there are fewer people here. Many offices are empty. Sometimes offices are empty due to security reasons. Some due to closures of business. In every city where I was and in many villages, there are new residents, namely. It's people who moved from the occupied territories or conflict zones. Most of them tried to become a new member of these societies, communities where they are living. Therefore, life goes on, but unfortunately, the raw brain new deaths every day. Considering what you just said, after a year of that now, how are you doing psychologically and how do you think 
the country as a whole is doing? Uh, first of all, I'd like to start uh, with uh, what we don't have now. Uh, we have no such fear and panic that we had in February, March 2022. Uh, but we have faith. We have faith in the uh, armed forces of Ukraine, faith in volunteers. Uh, for the first time in many years of Ukrainian independence, there is a high level of trust to, in the authorities. There is faith uh, and uh, respect for the international partners who have been helping us uh, all this time. Uh, we realize that the life can be changed, uh, but it is uh, not an excuse uh, for everyone to do nothing. Uh, people will just adapt. Uh, but yes, of course, everyone is in permanent stress and uh, anxiety because of uh, family and friends uh, who are now on the uh, front line. I also, I'd like to pay attention on uh, express, uh, expression war fatigue is now often used in the media. Uh, I can't say what it is. Uh, there is a pain because of the death, uh, despair over destruction, care for the loved ones, uh, worrying about our future. This is uh, all the new reality that we want to change. But there is no fatigue. We are all ready to withstand till that. You mentioned the fatigue, but you yeah. and the rest of the Credit for Agriculture producers or CAP Project staff continue to do incredible work in providing lending to credit union member farmers in Ukraine. In fact, since the start of Russia's full-scale war, credit unions that partner with the CAP Project have issued over 1,100 agricultural loans, totaling nearly $2 million. That accounts for more than 80% of all agricultural loans issued by Ukrainian credit unions. That is truly remarkable. And I imagine that's got to be rewarding for you. It's got to be rewarding for the rest of the in-country staff in particular. I think uh, incredible work. Uh, this is what our defenders do on the battlefield, uh, what uh, farmers do in the fields. Uh, emergency employees who restore the energy system or after each uh, muscle attack, doctors who perform operations under lanterns. In CAP project, we just help to do best of our ability. Uh, it's true that the last uh, year, the external finance of uh, the liquidity fund helped a lot in agricultural lending. Uh, firstly, the credit unions understood that they can uh, rely uh, uh, on the, these funds, um, that they will not be taken away, uh, unlike uh, members' deposit for comparison. Secondly, we simplified the conditions and allowed it a larger number of credit unions to get access to this finance. And thirdly, our partner credit unions successfully communicated with their depositors in the first months uh, over the war and uh, prevented uh, defaults. This because uh, guaranteed that they remained operating in their regions and did not lose uh, the trust of the local communities and also uh, all success uh, will be achieved only due to cooperation between credit unions members and the uh, capsule and this really seemed to help those credit unions remain stable in their agricultural lending portfolios especially when you look at other areas of lending correct uh, yeah, you know, lending has changed drastically. People uh, have greatly reduced and changed their consumer needs. Uh, they buy fewer goods, less clothes, 
do not make repairs and uh, etc. Uh, many businesses have changed. Uh, some were forced to fire employees or reduce the turnover. Some changed their target audience. In addition, much more borrowers are women now. Under all of these conditions, lending to agricultural producers has been uh, the rema uh, remains risky. Uh, but there is understanding that a farmer is a person who will always work on his land. Uh, and uh, from the point of view of credit union, an agricultural producer can become a partner for many years ahead. Uh, therefore, credit unions continue and expand their work with farmers, increase the amount of financing to micro and small producers. Uh, also, I would like to share one example. We have a partner credit union uh, where the majority of agricultural loans issued in uh, 2022 were the loans to new members. Using the resources of the liquidity fund and the support of programs of the Worldwide Foundation for Credit Unions, they managed to attract dozens of new people to their credit union. You mentioned the Worldwide Foundation for Credit Unions. We're definitely going to talk about that in a bit. But I want to ask you before that, I know the CAP project held an end-of-the-year meeting with its partner credit unions in December. They provided recommendations to help the credit unions continue to withstand the war and to serve their members in 2023. What were some of those recommendations? Uh, during, the, uh, during the year of war, uh, every credit union has already developed many uh, of plans. Uh, during this time, uh, we as a project tried to collect uh, what is useful from international experience to systematize uh, the work of various credit unions. And we focused on areas that used to be out of sight. In particular, in 2020, uh, uh, 24 or 22, uh, we prepared recommendations on lending in wartime based on the Palestinian experience, provided credit unions with business continuity plan and financial recovery plan samples. In addition, we have prepared collection of recommendations on cybersecurity because unfortunately, the work is also going uh, on in cyberspace. I know the CAP project has also uh, been the conduit to get aid to its partner credit unions from our worldwide foundation for credit unions. That aid has taken the form of grant dollars that have been designated for things like power generators, for operating expenses for the credit unions themselves, uh, coupons for free diesel fuel, even loan principal payments for the member farmers. How needed has that type of assistance been beyond what the CAP project has even traditionally done? Uh, past year, a dozen of support programs uh, worth millions of dollars were launched and expanded in Ukraine. There are special lending programs for businesses, uh, uh, partial compensation of loans, loan guarantees, grants, liquidity support. Uh, but there is one big remark here. Uh, these programs uh, were only available to banks and bank clients. Therefore, programs launched by the Worldwide Foundation for Credit Unions uh, that CAP supports uh, are the only program for credit unions and their members in Ukraine. As a result of the program, the diesel fuel for farmers and uh, partial loan compensation for micro-agricultural producers initiated by the foundation and implemented by CAP project, more than uh, 1,200 borrowers of credit unions received support and uh, continued to develop their businesses during the war. Uh, there are other aid programs that were initiated and implemented by industry associations in comparison with the foundations. We are uh, grateful for all kinds of support 
But at the same time, we believe it is important to facilitate the effort that enable credit unions to generate income in the future. Are there any other pressing issues for credit unions that we haven't discussed that you think uh, people need to know about and need to be aware of? Oh, there is a saying that darkness hours is always before dawn. It seems uh, uh, to many that we have reached a dead end and uh, Ukraine will not have capacity to win, that everyone is tired, that this should be stupid at any price and and other ones. In in my opinion, the situation is different. We just do everything we can and uh, a little bit more. And we shouldn't stop. The only thing that could lead uh, to an even bigger disaster is to stop the war. Therefore, in conclusion, I want to thank everyone for the support and uh, uh, you have promised to Ukraine throughout these terrible years. And I want to ask each uh, listen to spend one minute in their time and imagine the world in here and tell themselves how do, do they see Ukraine? If and if we if we see Ukraine in 2024 as a state, then let's hold uh, to the line and continue our work. Ivan, thank you so much. Thanks for taking time for us. Again, we're we think about you every day here, and uh, we hope 2023 is the year that we can see this war come to an end. Thank you. Thank you for invi- uh, for inviting me, and uh, thanks again for support. And some good news on that front, USAID has agreed to extend the Credit for Agriculture Producers, or CAP, project for another 18 months. It will now run through September 2024. Coming up next, we'll hear from Mike Ryder, Executive Director of Worldwide Foundation for Credit Unions, as well as Anatoly Murha, Senior Vice President of Ukrainian Self-Reliance Federal Credit Union in the United States. Welcome back to the Global Credit Union Podcast, our episode on one year of war in Ukraine and the resiliency of credit unions there. You heard Ivan Vishnevsky and I talk about how Worldwide Foundation for Credit Unions has helped Ukrainian credit unions and their members stay resilient. Mike Ryder has now served as executive director of the Worldwide Foundation for five years and says the global credit union movement's response to support Ukraine is unprecedented in his time with the organization. I have not seen a level of generosity toward an international credit union uh, peer system um, in, in this way across of just a variety of ways of support, whether it's, again, you know, responding immediately to need of helping to buy generators or helping to continue to support Ukrainian farmers in their time of need with fuel coupons or with loan reimbursements. I mean, the spectrum of support is so broad and so deep, both at a credit union institutional level, but also at the member level. Um, it, It just, again, it just continues to personify that people are watching, people are listening, people are responding to an international peer's need in the in a moment of crisis not a moment a year and more you know unfortunately hopefully not um and i think what's really what's really important to convey is that the worldwide foundation obviously aligned with woku is is really this international bridge i love that analogy of this inner we're a bridge that is connecting all these other partners together when they're all doing their own very important work but we're we're blessed and honored to be positioned to be a catalyst and a bridge to be connecting and, and coalescing all of the support and effort to support Ukraine together. And I think that's that's a key role that we we play in the international creating community. And I think that's 
I don't, I don't think that should be overlooked. I think that's really important. And Woku and the Worldwide Foundation will continue to serve as that bridge for Ukrainian credit union relief and recovery moving forward. Mike mentioned connecting other partners who are doing their own important work. One of those partners is the Ukrainian American Credit Union Association. Comprised of credit unions spanning 10 states, they have also been lending a hand to support Ukraine since the start of the war, according to board member Anatoly Murha, who also serves as senior vice president of Ukrainian Self-Reliance Federal Credit Union. The Ukrainian American Credit Union Association, like any, everyone else in the world, has had, a, has had an emotional response and understands the value of credit unions in Ukraine. But I, I think I need to preface something first is our member credit unions and our 110,000 members, many of us were taught to love a country that we didn't even know. And what I mean by that is somebody like me who was born in the United States to immigrants, to Ukrainian immigrants, whose families came over from Ukraine post-World War II or prior to World War II, or if somebody emigrated within the last 20 years, we all have a connection to Ukraine personally. And as somebody that works professionally now uh, for Americans of Ukrainian descent, meaning in the credit union movement, we knew from day one, actually even before day one, we knew that something was going to happen. And we had prepared ourselves because we heard it directly from our colleagues who have families in Ukraine, have family members in Ukraine. And, you know, after February 24th, we we knew we had to act. So some of the initial action items were many of our credit unions started to waive uh, wire fees for members who needed to send money to uh, family in Ukraine. And then later on, we also implemented that for Poland and other countries in Europe. Uh, our, in aggregate, our credit union members sent well over $100 million to family and friends in Ukraine. Uh, individual credit unions have donated to multiple causes, whether it's been the Worldwide Foundation of Credit Unions, whether it's been US-based 501c3 nonprofit organizations that are sending humanitarian aid to Ukraine. There are many that, uh, you know, dozens of organizations that have a historical track record for transparent aid to Ukraine. So many of our member credit unions and our individual members have been contributing millions of dollars to those causes in order to make sure that the humanitarian aid gets to Ukraine. $100 million. I think that's a number no one would have expected. Are you pretty overwhelmed or blown away by that? I'm not, to be honest with you, because I know how. <laughs> uh, uh, so I have visited Ukraine about a dozen times in my lifetime, and I grew up very much in a uh, an ethnic community that values people that just show up at your doorstep, right? And you have to be hospitable. And I think that's the key word: is hospitable and and generous, and that generosity. The amount doesn't floor me, for lack of a better term, because I know what everyone is thinking and knowing that in one in one way or another, just like President Zelensky has said, we all have a role to play right now. doesn't matter where we are in the world. We all have a role to play and to support each other. So no, I'm not over. I'm not overwhelmed or I'm not surprised uh, because I know that our people are acting. Just a reminder, if you want to keep Ukrainian credit unions resilient in the face of war, you can still donate to the Worldwide Foundation for Credit Unions Ukrainian Credit Union Displacement Fund by visiting doglobalgood.org. That's doglobalgood.org. 
And if you like what you heard today, you can also find every episode of the Global Credit Union podcast by going to the newsroom tab at woku.org. We put out a new episode on the third Thursday of each month. You can also find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor FM, Overcast, and just about anywhere else you get your podcasts. Until next month, I'm Greg Newman for the Global Credit Union podcast saying, remember to keep on serving your members.